Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today, we are taking a deep dive into training intensity. We're going to answer the question, a very, very important question, when you should train to 100% max effort. This is a very, very important discussion. If you don't know this stuff, strap yourself in and let's make some gains. Like Vasquez said in Aliens, let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, we don't have Rich behind the mix today. Rad is running back and forth. And of course, he is across the table from me. My name is Yanni Bormeister, and together we are Unity Gym experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Unify Movement System, our system, the system, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching by us plus our Epic Foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal programs and optimize your performance. We are thrilled to announce that we're rolling out brand new content. Everything is getting rehashed over the coming months. It looks epic. Get yourself in there as a valued listener. Use the link in the description and you can get your first month free. Honestly, you would be crazy not to jump in and get that now with the content that's rolling out. It is incredible. Now, before we get started, warm welcome. If you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind, it's been a while since I've been on here. So big shout out, leave a comment and we'll send you some love back. Remember, anyone can join and interact in the Movement Mastermind. Search UMS Movement Mastermind on Facebook. Lastly, shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button and support the channel. And of course, subscribe if you like what you see. We're very excited because all of the content that we've created for the UMS is getting rehashed into YouTube content. It's going to be amazing. Get ready. How are you, Rad? I'm great, mate. Uh, you, you forgot to remind everybody that they still have 24 hours left to get the injury and rehab programs. We've got a flash oh. running right now. We've actually got... Uh, exactly 29 and a half hours to get those programs at half price or you can get the bundle where you get all of them for a huge discount uh, so go over to the UMS movement mastermind and click the link at the top of the page it's a pinned post as an announcement or if you're on the uh, email list you will have a couple of emails with those and but, wh- uh, while, we're, while we're at it the reason for these flash sales this last couple of weeks is because on Saturday I believe Saturday it was Rad's birthday it was some Happy birthday yeah, I'm 43, 43 yeah. years young, uh, still 10 times as much hair on his head than I have. Yeah, yeah. He's very lucky. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, look, uh, w- today's discussion comes off the back of a couple of great questions in our UMS Movement Mastermind. Just another really cool reason to, uh, oops, I just slid the phone across and missed, uh, to be in that group because uh, we are watching, we are listening. And when we get a good question that we think everyone can learn from, we're going to turn it into a podcast. So, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was a female that asked this question. No, I think it was Jason Conway, okay. I think, but I can't remember that. But nonetheless, it is a really, really good question because it's something that people don't understand and it's a, it's training intensity. So before we go deeper into it, intensity refers to, if, with, if it's weightlifting, it refers to how heavy. If it's running, it refers to how steep the hill or how fast you're running. Um, if it's... Um, Calisthenics, it refers to how hard the progression, like the best way to describe intensity is how heavy, you know, go from 50 kilos to 100 kilos, you've increased the intensity. And what we're talking about today really is when when do you go to max effort? When do you not go to max effort? Meaning max effort, if you understand, is you couldn't do one more single rep. If somebody held a gun to your head, there's nothing left in the tank. Mm. And 
we actually use that a lot less than what people would think. And I remember in my early days of doing weightlifting and resistance training, I thought it was just all about max effort. I thought that was the idea. And for me, I think it comes from bodybuilding because in bodybuilding, it's very, very different. In bodybuilding, they really are trying to go to max effort a lot and they even try to go well beyond max effort where they like they get to the point where they can't do any and they stop, take 10 seconds and then try rest, and do one rest, or two pause, more. Methods. Or and then also you get um, assisted reps. And yeah, all, all of it. Stuff yeah, like all, like yeah. so many different, and it's all about failure, 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 failure. Yeah. And that has a place in bodybuilding and it has a place in the UMS with um, uh, accumulation training or hypertrophy training when you're trying to build muscle. And it has its place in training but it's not something that we just fall back on it's certainly not the default setting is it yeah well you've got to remember that there's uh, there's a whole world of bodybuilding out there that claim to be natural but there's also a, a vast majority that are not mm -hmm. and and you it's very hard to train and and sustain that level of training um comparing yourself to people who really take it seriously and not just take it seriously Many, in many cases, the guy next to you who's really just going above and beyond is, is taking exogenous hormones and things like that to help recovery and to help with mm -hmm. the process. And so mm -hmm. you never really know. But, but even the guys that are not, even the natty bodybuilders, it's their lifestyle. Yep. Like they, they live and breathe their training and their recovery. And most of them, most of them get it r like right. At least at mo the, mo the majority of the pieces of the puzzle, you know, they're not, they're not banging themselves on the weekend. They're not, you know, they're, they're, they're really, really methodical about their training. And uh, I've got friends who are, who are nat natural bodybuilders and they, it's like, it's insane. It's almost narcissistic. You've got to build your entire life around it. And nothing can get in the way. And, um, yeah, so you just got to remember that that training to those intensities all the time it takes a lot of prior preparation and uh, and and recovery. You know, so we don't we definitely use it uh, strategically, and in the UMS when we're training, um, you know, general general pops to unleash there in our athletes. But that uh, you know, you got to uh, you got to be smart about it. Yeah, and. <clears throat> Where I think where most people go wrong and where most people get confused is that we don't use uh, training to failure or 100% max effort training until a lot of experience has been banked, a lot of reps, a lot of understanding of what your body is capable of. And to start with, in the first three phases, in the foundations phase, we teach people um, not not to go close to failure. And I guess the, f the first thing that we really should talk about is what is failure? What, is, what does failure mean? And the, there's different definitions of it. So there isn't uh, one size fits all for this. D different people will define failure differently. My favorite definition of failure, and I remember it word for word from Tony Bataji, is that failure is the inability to perform the concentric phase of the repetition with correct technique. Yeah. And that makes real sense to me. And the reason why, if you don't understand, concentric is when the muscles are shortening, when you're, it's the hard part of the contraction. It's when you're, pu it's when you're pushing the barbell away from it's you in a bench press. It's up phase. Yeah, it's the up phase. It's, when you're, it's usually when you're going against gravity. So it's when you're pulling yourself up in a pull-up. It's when you're standing up in a squat. It's when you're lifting the bar up on a deadlift. The eccentric phase is when the muscles are lengthening or when you're the easy phase of the, of the contraction. Generally speaking, you're about 50 
50% stronger eccentrically. So using eccentric reps as a way to break through strength plateaus is a really good technique, meaning if you can't do one single rep of a pull-up, we use eccentrics to develop the strength to get there. So that makes sense to me because you might still be able to do some crappy reps, but they wouldn't be, um, you're losing technique in the concentric phase. So then when you look at that, you understand what failure is. Failure is the inability to perform the concentric phase with correct technique. Most people fail well before they finish their set. Mm. Like what we see in um, novices, and, and I put novice not down to how much time you've been training, but how well you can apply what you've learned. Like a novice could have, could have five years experience of training five or six days a week under their belt and they could be quite muscular, but they could, they'd still be considered a novice by people like us. So when you're, when you're still a novice lifter, what often happens is that people fail, but they think they've got another one or two reps in the tank and they go for it. Mm. And when you're, when you're a real novice, when you're somebody that's really trying to just learn how to squat, bench, deadlift, shoulder press, pull up the basics, that's a really bad thing to be doing. And, and, and why is that bad, Yanni? Well, mm. it, it's, it's, it's bad for a number of reasons. One is that you part, part of the training is um, a big part of this development of strength is happening in the nervous system. And it's about coordinating muscle activation. It's about alignment. It's about the sequencing, the rate of fire of the muscle fibers, you know, being able to switch off opposing muscle groups. It's called antagonist um, inhibition. Uh, th there's all sorts of different neurological adaptations occurring. And if you're constantly doing really uh, poor form, you're reinforcing poor form. And, yeah. and so that's the first thing. First thing is um, yeah, from a performance standpoint, it's not a good idea. The second thing is that you're actually exposing yourself to a, a greater risk of injury because you're not, you know, you're not stable. <coughs> you're not necessarily stabilizing the, the joints properly. You're not, um, you know, your, your, your joint tracking, the alignment may be sloppy. And yeah, you could potentially be exposing yourself to just generally more wear and tear, but also uh, a greater risk of injury. That's something, you know, when, when the body doesn't feel on a very base level, when the body doesn't feel stable, it will often trigger some sort of a spasm, a reaction that, that slows you down. That says, hey, wait, this is beyond our capability. Uh, here's a little bit of a muscle spasm or cramp or whatever you want to call it that causes you pain that makes you go, whoa, I've got to stop. That hurt, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's at the best, very base level. And that, that spasm may stick around for days or weeks even until you, your body is convinced, okay, I, 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 I did something silly beyond my capability. That's the best outcome. Mm. The worst outcome is that you actually push beyond, well beyond your capability and something tears, something gives out, something yeah. just isn't right, you know, mm. and it could be, you know, a superficial muscular tear, which heals quite quickly, but it also could be a connective tissue, something deeper, a tendon, a, a ligament, a, a cartilage <laughs> labrum, mm. you know, like it, it, it can be all sorts of things. And, you know, when your body is not um, aligning itself when the, the, the inner stability systems like the rotator cuff or the hip um, uh, stability systems or the knee stability system, when they're incapable of keeping the joints aligned properly so that they're working um, with the most mechanical advantage, then you're, you, you know, you, there's very easy to put pressure on structures that aren't really meant to take that load. And then you get injuries, you get tears and, and, and it can be something more, much more sinister than just a, a cramp or a spasm, you know. And so that's what we want to avoid at all costs because we all want to be training for long periods of time. And I know our goals are short term. We want to get it as quick as possible. 
But the fastest way to ruin a, a physique goal or a performance goal or a movement goal is to sustain a really bad injury, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They are the one thing that, you know, if you've been, if you've gone through it before, you just want to avoid it like the plague. And you've got to understand that weightlifting and calisthenics, that when you're, when you're pushing either your body weight or, or weights around, it, it is a skill. It's something that requires practice to get right. Um, and I like to, I always, because I, I played tennis for a year when I was younger and I developed the basics, but I liken it to a tennis serve. You know, if you want to learn how to serve in tennis, if you've ever tried it before, there's a lot that goes on. Like in all honesty, even just getting that ball to go up, not to Straight, the side, yeah. it's, hard, it's, yeah. it's hard, man. Yeah. Like I've gone to serve after not um, serving for 30 years, you know, because yeah. I've gone out and I couldn't believe how much when I threw the ball it was going over yeah. there. I had to try and get it. And if you think about the amount of work it takes to get all of that to come together, weightlifting is the same in its in its own way. There's there's yeah. all these things that have to come together. and But the difference is that now you're lifting weight that has a real risk of injury. Like you can injure yourself serving on tennis. You can. It has happened to people before, obviously, but it ain't nearly as dangerous as throwing weights around. Yeah. And when you get it wrong with weights, you can really, really hurt yourself. So <clears throat> going back to this idea of getting the basics right, you know, we've we've just spent most of this time framing what it what failure should look like as a beginner. And as a beginner, you really shouldn't go to failure. You, you should. This is where you know the question came from. I've heard Rad and Yanni say you should leave two reps in the tank. That's a really general way of describing what a beginner should feel. A beginner, when they're training, they should feel like when they do their last rep, like they went, oh, I think I could have done one or two more. That's okay. Yeah. That's good. Hopefully you didn't lose your technique and you banked reps doing the right thing. Yeah. Because when you go to failure, where if you're doing bench press, you can't see this on the podcast, obviously, but I'm keeping my shoulders down in the back pocket. You do a couple of reps like this, and then you do your last couple of reps where you do this mechanical drop set and your shoulders come up. Your, your neuromuscular system remembers that. That, that plays a part in this um, uh, neural connection in your brain that's trying to be laid. And, and it, the, the brain doesn't really know which way should I be doing this? How should I be learning how to do it? Well, the other, the other thing is, and I, I used to say this when I was training people many, many eons ago, uh, <laughs> is that um, your, your first rep, your last rep should look like your first rep. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and, and the only thing that, that, that may alter, and some good, great coaches will, will, will disagree with me on this because tempo is a, a, a prescribed variable in the mm -hmm. overload um, uh, methodologies, uh, it may just be that the rate of movement, your yeah, the tempo, concentric the concentric slows down a little bit. Uh, so so yep. it sort of grinds a, a tiny bit. But that's that. Like if you if you tr um, train with a really great world class weightlifter or powerlifter, th they won't grind reps. Like mm. it's it's usually all unless they're competing, unless they're competing and they're going for their one RM max. But they don't do that uh, that often. You well, know, it depends on it depends on how many reps you're going. But usually you can't grind more than about twenty percent of the reps. And I say that because if if you think about it, if you were doing five RM, so you're yeah. doing five reps, 20% of the reps would be one. If you grinded one rep out, I yeah. don't know that you'd get another one. Oh, look, I that. just did it in my workout now. You know, yeah. I just did five by five on vertical push pull, so um, pull ups and, and overhead press. And, and once you grind that fifth yeah, rep out, I, you're not getting the six. I, but it, if it, you were doing 10 reps, you might grind the ninth and the tenth. Yeah. You might be able to when it's a because that's lower weight, higher rep range. So that's that's my opinion with um, with that. But yeah.
Yeah, that's <clears> right. Yeah, look, and, and this is why, you know, in, in the UMS and at Unity Gym here, we have a foundations phase, which is to do a number of things. It's to overcome structural imbalances and sort of help... Um, uh, it's general preparations training, so it's training you for harder training in future. Uh, and during that period, a lot of the time, people sort of iron out little deficiencies, little imbalances, maybe little niggles or injuries that they've had in the past. Uh, it gives us time to do all that. And then, it, you know, the, the big overarching macro factor that we're trying to do is we're optimizing technique. So we're introducing people to all of the big lifts. I think we have 15 um, uh, foundational lifts, uh, fundamental lifts that we use uh, with many different variables and, and many different um, uh, sort of progressions of those in our program, but they're the, the, the fundamental lifts and we want to optimize people's technique. And, and, that, and that way, once the, your technique has been optimized, and it might, may take a couple of months, it may take six months, it may, may take a few years for some people, yeah, you know. Definitely. But once you get to that point, you don't do shitty reps because yeah. it's so ingrained. The bar path is so ingrained in your central nervous system. The dumbbell path is so ingrained that it's just, you, you just don't do a shit rep. And usually by the time you really need this, you're lifting so much weight in your lifts, you know, one and a half to two times body weight in a, in a um, maybe one to one and a half times body weight in a bench press and a body weight overhead press and, you know, maybe a double body weight um, uh, or two and a half times body weight deadlift. When you're lifting those sorts of loads, you can't stuff it up. Mm. Stuffing it up means at the best, a lot of wear and tear on the body that you don't want. You don't want to accumulate that over your life because training, exercise, everything has a, an impact and it's either a positive impact or a negative impact on your body, you know. And this, I mean, how many times have you met someone who's out of shape and banged up talking about how they used to be able to do no, X yeah. or they used to be able to lift Y, <laughs> you know? Um, and then you say, why don't you t lift now? Oh, I've got a bung shoulder or oh, my back's stuffed or my yeah, hips are stuffed or, or my yeah. knees are stuffed. And be because they, you know, just accumulated way too much wear and tear from, from piss poor load management, you know? Yep. Uh, so yeah, yeah that's absolutely. And uh, Kurt Dyers jumped on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind on Facebook and said, "Welcome back, Yanni. Always great to have you share your years of knowledge with us. It it's is, good, isn't it, Kurt? It's good to be back, mate. It's, Thank uh, you. Good to have him back. And thanks for thanks for tuning in live, brother, and for commenting. Anybody else that's on the live stream, uh, leave us a comment so we can give you a shout out too. I can see we got a bunch of people here watching live. Let us know where you're watching from so we can send you some love. So. Yeah, look, we're moving now into when, when would you go to failure and when, and when do you do it? And there's absolutely a place for it. You've got to understand that, um, you know, Yanni and I have both uh, done double body weight, um, bar, high bar barbell back squats. Um, the, Yanni's done, uh, what have you done, 220 deadlift? That's two and a half. 230. So. So that's a bit more than two, or about two and a half times body weight or a bit more bit deadlift. More, yeah. um, you know, probably 150% body weight pull-ups for Yanni, uh, meaning adding like half of his body weight um, in weight plates or maybe even a bit more. Um, so the when you like that and we and we do that you know that is a part of our training but you've got to understand that we have trained for a long long time to get to where we're at with it and i'm behind yanni when it comes to weightlifting i don't try to compete with what yanni can do with weightlifting i run my own race because he's got about 10 years of experience uh on me and 
then it, the roles reverse with other elements to our training with certain body weight things and um, movement type stuff. But that's how it is. You know, when you aren't as experienced as somebody else, you, you just cannot compete with them. And so you when you but you do but i we both are especially yanni of course but i'm still at a place where we do max effort training <clears throat> but when we do it it's a it's a real it comes from a place where we know how many reps we can do and we very rarely if ever miss reps it's mm. very very rare that we miss a rep that we tell ourselves we're going to do five reps and then we only get four and if you do, you're really stuffed up. You messed up big time if that's what happens. And when we do miss a rep, it doesn't hurt us most of the time, like probably 99% of the time we don't get hurt from it. It's just that we don't get it. We can't, the concentric phase of the movement, we just stop and we can't get it up. And then we yell and scream. Yeah, and I, pre I prescribe failure in my training. I, I, I trained to failure today. Um, this I'm a bit out of sync with the rest of the program and this week was is my peak week and uh i yeah i i trained to failure in the overhead press and i trained to failure in the pull-up but it's a methodical failure <coughs> like you, i could i could very easily sort of adjust and you know move around and probably grind the rep out but i don't want to no. because my shoulder preservation and my you know my body is just more more important to me than that now this is where we define the line um and and separate training from competition you know if i was competing and someone you know there was a prize to get the, that last rep out today i probably would have got it quite easily you know but at the expense of my form and technique and and uh, possibly possibly even my body you know and I've done that many shoulder injuries over my training uh, life and my boxing life and I've had like really quite severe back injuries um, horse riding injuries falling from horses all sorts of things so there's elements of my body that I am constantly every time I train one of my goals is to get through that workout without aggravating one of my old injuries or without creating something new for myself, you know, and, and, uh, uh you know, it, 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 you can, you can kind of get away with it when you're in your twenties and thirties, I think, you know, like you, you kind of, um, can push harder and, and, and th there's a little bit, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, it, it, it's just ego or that you're recovering quicker or whatever else, but you, you tend to not you get away with not thinking about it as much, you know, but when you get into your forties and fifties, you really do have to go, okay, you, like th this is important because there's a lot of, there's a lot of accumulative, um, uh, wear and tear by that stage. If you've been active all your life and, uh, and push yourself to the limits. And also you just don't heal as effectively, you know, you don't have as much, uh, testosterone growth hormone, the, the, the good hormones that, 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 that get you going, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, the wear and tear, I think is definitely the biggest part. You know, the, it's just the, the crap that's happened throughout your life. That's caused, you know, um, compromised joints in your it's, body. It's a you lot know? of things. It's, it's also that you generally don't sleep as much, yeah. you know, like mo most people in their forties and fifties sleep far less than they did in their twenties and thirties, you know, and that comes from lifestyle factors. It also comes, I don't know, it just comes from more responsibility. You've got more mm -hmm. thinking yep. going on. So yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot of different factors and that's something that uh, we could go down a whole nother talk about, but you know, you do have to really understand and we should probably do a show, follow up with a show about this, um, this week, uh, tomorrow, the difference between 
training and competition. And, and you know, we I really, really like to encourage people to have a means to express their their strength, their physical attributes, like why are you training, mm. you know? And yeah, let's do it. Tomorrow we can talk about um, why we train and we encourage people to train at 70 to 80% uh, max effort and to do it consistently and frequently uh, and why that gets better results than people that train 100% max effort less frequently and less consistently. Yeah, Let's do a show on that. And Stephen's uh, backed me up here saying, absolutely, who cares what you used to be able to do? What can you do now? And I couldn't agree more, ma'am. Uh, people, Stephen is one of our UMS online coaching members and, and someone asked me last week, what are my calisthenics goals at the moment? And my calisthenics goals are very simple, handstand push-up and one-arm chin-up. And I've been working on those for years and, the re and other people get them in far less time than me, uh, but most of them are younger than me. But um, Most of them are half your age. Yep. <laughs> but uh, the, what, what's happened is uh, on working on those goals, I've uncovered many, many issues in my upper body that I never knew I had before. And I've had to work through them and turn my weaknesses into strengths. And I can honestly say that every year of my life in the last decade, I've gotten stronger, more flexible, fitter, and more capable, and less compromised. Even though I've had some bad injuries, overall, my body is performing far better now than it was 10 years ago. So that's just a little um, throwing in there, Stephen. But I, I couldn't agree more. And I think um, for me, like those are my goals that I just said, but my biggest goal, my, the number one thing for me is to just continue to improve. Even mm. if those improvements are small, but as you get older, to be getting better at the things you do, I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. I don't want to be somebody, at least not at this stage in my life, that talks about what I used to be able to do. Yeah. And I, there are things that I can't do now that I used to be able to do. I used to do a lot of acrobatics that I don't do anymore. Yeah. And that's a choice that I made because the risk versus reward is outweighed towards the risk for me well, now. You go through cycles too. Yeah. Like uh, last year I was really focusing on maximal strength and, you know, I enjoyed that. But then I, you know, this year I've gone, nah, I want to sort of focus on getting my flexibility up a bit more. So I've sacrificed a little bit of max strength uh, and size, I'm also the, I'm, fitness. I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm focusing on strength, strength yeah. and less yeah, yeah. flexibility. I, this year, sort of like, and towards the end of last year, I reintroduced cardio, like a lot of cardio and running because I thought, oh, you know, I want to be able to get my fitness back up again. And, and uh, yeah, so you go through these cycles, but I don't think you give it up. You know, I couldn't deadlift. If you put a gun to my head now and said deadlift your max effort, that's 230 kilos. I couldn't do it right now, you know, mm -hmm. but I could still rep out probably 180, <laughs> 190 quite, quite comfortably, you know? Um, and so, yeah, like it's, it's just one of those things. You sort of, you prioritize different things at different stages mm -hmm. of your training. All right. Uh, let's that's it, guys. That's all we got time for today. We're going to jump over to our UMS online coaching group where we give specific coaching for and technique feedback for people in our online coaching program. Make sure you tune in tomorrow where we will continue this discussion talking about uh, competition versus training and why we train at 70 to 80 percent max effort to get better results than people that train at 100 percent max effort and remember go and grab those rehab programs now you've got about 29 hours left to get them i see you guys rad's running over to turn the uh, stream off rock on